Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Semicast. We're here on a Monday. We're definitely here on a Monday. Definitely not a day early on a Sunday. Not at all. I'm here with Anthony Murphy, as I always am, on a Monday. Hey, how's it going? Hi, how are you doing? Good. Are you enjoying your Monday? I'm enjoying my Monday quite a bit. Yeah, how was work today? Work was the best day of work ever. Well, there was all those that fun stuff and they gave away yeah. all that free food and stuff. Mm. All that work that we got done. Yes. Everybody's working for the weekend. Everybody. <laughs> yes. Yes, they are. Apparently, according to much popular culture songs. I believe it's Loverboy. As you may have guessed already by our smooth transition into lying and all that kind of stuff, uh, we have decided to record this on a Sunday because there was nothing going on. Mm. Figured, why not? Let's get ahead of the game. Yep. We might even have this up a day early, but maybe we should just keep to the regular schedule. Maybe. <laughs> You know, because we actually have a schedule, and that's yep. freaky in itself. Almost professional. That That's as best as it's going to get from us, mm. I believe. How are you? I'm doing okay. It was a good day at work today on Monday. Yeah. Um, Monday. <laughs> yeah, I'm just... We just sort of hung out, and I played some video games with my wife, and we went uh, to a national park for a bit of a visit, and yeah, just all that sort of stuff. Out and about in the real world. Yeah, yeah, funny you know about that driving. There's this junk shop that we stop at on the way when we go to the national park, and the guy didn't have anything we wanted, but he's got usually got sort of all sorts of weird stuff, old CD-ROMs and books and old Stanley planes and things like that. A Stanley plane, like a Marvel plane? No, as in Stanley. As in oh, the, right. the woodworking plane. I cleaned up my garage as oh, well. Oh, right, Stanley S. Hmm. So my my garage had gradually been filling with crap, and so I um I got down to it yesterday after we got back. I can't actually remember where we went yesterday, but we we went somewhere, and then when we came back. I said, "Right, I'm cleaning the the garage." And my wife, to my surprise, said, "I'm going to help you." So we sat there for two hours and moved everything around and stacked everything on shelves and brushed all the dirt out, and now I've got a clean garage again. You're at the top of the bell curve of clean garages because yep. the garage kind of goes clean and then super messy, which is where mine is. I'm at the bottom of the bell at the moment. Ah, super messy, where, super fast. Oh, yes. So I'm at mm. the point where I, it's like skip time if I'm going to make any dent in the garage cleaning. It is skip time for us, but we just pushed all that stuff back onto the shelves and under desks and things like that. So It's going to stay there for three years yeah. now like that. I need to get rid of my home brewing stuff or at least a large majority of it, I think. Well, you can just make some more beer. I could. Yeah, I've been thinking about getting back into that, actually, but um, it's just time with, with all these other awesome hobbies that we've suddenly picked up. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, we should just have a subsection of the site dedicated to brewing of the beer. Mm. I had last summer, I decided to make a ginger beer mm. from just fresh ginger, making the bug myself. The bug? Well, it's kind of the yeasty part of the ginger beer, which doesn't have yeast. It's, you just grate up ginger, stick it in a jar full of water and some sugar and you just keep feeding it sugar and ginger every day and letting mm. the pressure out because apparently if you forget to let the pressure out it turns into a ginger bomb yes. but that didn't happen to me luckily and i ended up just using that as the starter to make some ginger beer which actually turned out quite well right so the yeast is already present in the ginger then is it uh whether it's yeast or whether it is a yeast like matter i'm not sure but it worked it was fizzy and i didn't have any explosions and did you get sick after drinking it no, no, no. Oh, not there at you all. go. You're an expert now. I'm just not sure whether it was alcoholic or not because I didn't have the equipment to test whether it was alcoholic or not. So I just didn't feed it to the kids because I wasn't sure. 
I do have the equipment to test that. So if you ever want to test it, let me know. Right, okay. I, I probably should have because I have in the past drank some quite strong ginger beer, like 0.9% ginger beer, which was tasty and hit me hard. But uh, So I wasn't sure. No, I don't know. I'm trying to remember what the tool's called, actually, to test alcohol content. It's a little a tube that... No, there's a yeah, well. There's that. You just drink it, and then you take a breath test. You just drink it, and then you go for a drive, and if everything works out, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, and then you operate some heavy machinery after that. Take some pills, and God, I can't remember. It's a hydrometer. That's what it's called. I remembered. I yeah. totally, totally didn't Google it. No, it's fine. That, that's what Google's for, or non-Google's yeah. for. That's what your brain's for to remember the name of a hydrometer. I actually have two. Is that the thing that just floats in the yeah. liquid? And in, yeah, okay. I have one for beer and one that's a lot larger scale for spirits because uh, my ex-housemate and I totally didn't make spirits with a backyard still once and totally didn't test it with a hydrometer and totally didn't see that it was like 98%. Well, lucky you didn't do that because that's no. like, Illegal. I believe, yeah. I mean, or, you know, some type of, not maybe not 100% legal, mm. somewhere in that below that. Yeah, see, the, the barrier to get getting back into this stuff is just getting all the bottles together. It is the manual labor of collecting the bottles, cleaning the bottles, making sure that they're all sterilized, storing mm. the bottles after. I mean, I only did 12, uh, yeah, 12 bottles, and mm. that was a hassle to store all of those. And then because it has to get to a point where it carbonates in the bottle to a point where I have to then put it in the fridge because you don't want it to, to get too much pressure in there because, and like, you know, the, the coolness slows that down. So they say, mm. you know, after a certain time, put it in the fridge so you don't get any explosions. So I was yes. freaked out about that. So I had 12 bottles of ginger beer in our fridge that didn't have room for 12 bottles of ginger beer in it for a while. I, I don't actually drink alcohol that much anymore. So that's the only thing that's really holding me back. And so I don't have a way to accumulate the empty bottles. Maybe you I'll can't start. Sell Who it, knows? You, I suppose you need a license for that. No, that's very illegal. <laughs> People get licenses for that. Yeah. I'm sure well, they do. Ma- but nor can you put it in a box and write free beer and just leave it in the park either. That's illegal really? too. Yeah. So the actual legal area is somewhere in between selling it and leaving it in a box in a park. Yeah, there's actually, the, the law actually states specifically how much you're allowed to make per year for yourself. I thought you were going to say that the law specifically states that you cannot <laughs> put it in a box, label it free beer. That's really specific. That means someone's done that. Mm. Every time yeah. one of those things happens, it's because, like, like warning labels where they say, uh, don't do this and don't do that on like, you know, do not drink drain cleaner. This food is, yeah. for pet, is, is for pets only. It's because someone's done that. Oh, absolutely. They go, we have to write this on the thing because somebody yeah. did it. And the person writing it on there is going, you, you, you sure? Because like, this seems fairly obvious. Not everything's obvious to everyone, I guess. No, not at all. Well, you know, whilst you've been outside in the real world, in the, in the sun and in the mm. air, I've been doing my own fair share of real world activities. And uh, not half hour ago, I was elbows deep in cleaning drains out in our sink in our bathroom, which right. was a fun experience. Hair? Lots and lots of hair? There was some stuff that you don't want to ever... Like, you, I close my eyes and I can see the the horror still mm. there. And I thought, you know, as I was doing it, I thought, yeah, you know, Mario, he's, a, he's like a plumber, you know, you can undo all these pipes and everything. And, yep. and I thought I was going to become one with Mario and his brother Luigi, but little did I know that I actually have now a deeper respect for Mario because I understand what Mario is going through. I understand what the Mushroom Kingdom is. And I believe that the Mushroom Kingdom is just 
the really hard hallucinogens that Mario has to take after a hard day of looking at all that horror that he doesn't want to have to deal with in his life. Right. And the Mushroom Kingdom is just him absolutely tripping balls. He is, <laughs> Probably. He is a plumber on some fairly strong hallucinogens. Bowser right, well. is the embodiment of the gunk that he has to fight through. Peach, I believe, is just the potential for a clean, beautiful pipe. So that, that's what he's after. He's just chasing that. I'm not even sure he's got a brother. I think that's a, just a fairly strong hallucinogen outcome as well. Mario got fairly metaphorical there for a minute. I'm well there. I need did you, the did you see any like flowers that threatened to eat you coming up out of the pipe when you were cleaning it? There was some other stuff, some other horrors coming out of that pipe that could have been what those flowers meant to mm. Mario in the real world. Man, I'm- Piranha plant, that's it. Yes. There were no Goombas. There were no Shy Guys. There was just some grey stuff that was all stuck together and just some liquid that was a colour that shouldn't exist in the colour spectrum. Right. What actually caused and this? Just many years of ignoring the problem, I suppose. The sink never quite drained properly. And- it was getting slower and slower to drain. Right. And okay. eventually we decided we should take a look in there and it's just one of those things where, you know, you just peek through the door and then, oh, look, there's just a little thing here I can just clean. And then just one thing led to another and we had both of the sinks, S-bends out and the buckets everywhere and things poking down the pipes trying to push things out. It was, it's not something you want to do. Couldn't you have solved this problem by just dumping a variety of harsh chemicals down there and saying, well, that's that then? That was an option. That right. was definitely an option, but we decided to go the manual route because, you know, chemicals and drains. I, don't, I wasn't sure whether that damaged the, the now plastic pipes you get in your houses. Oh, well, there are now chemicals but, that are made specifically for that, I think, isn't there? Oh, well, great. Now I've got now these nightmares me. and mm. I could have just been using chemicals. Now you need a different type of chemicals. <laughs> yeah, I, I could have been using chemicals before rather than having to use chemicals afterwards. Someone should tell Mario. Mm. There'd be a I lot less Super that- Nintendo games. Well, I actually think that the new uh, Mario, Super Mario Odyssey is because it's got, like, in the real world and it's kind of got him going to all these different worlds that aren't the Mushroom Kingdom. is potentially just him coming down off the trip. He's capturing mm. glimpses of the real world and all that kind He's of stuff. He's passed out know, under a bridge somewhere. With a talking hat this time. So, you know, maybe he just took an extra special bunch. Yeah, I would imagine so. So, yeah, that was something I've been doing, which was always fun. Mm. Sometimes I look forward to a Monday. This, this is one of those times. But anyway, have you been playing any games? I have. experiencing the outside world where they don't have games. Although sometimes they have games. I've been playing a game where I made a man bash another man's head in with a rock. That is mm. a real work. It, that could happen. This is Obsidian Entertainment's Tyranny, which is a Baldur's Gate-style role-playing game where you uh, play a member of the evil side. Oh, Okay. There is an overlord who has almost won and has almost taken over the entire world, except for one little area that you have been dispatched to find out why they're having so much trouble taking it over. And you're carrying with you a thing called an edict. And when you read it out, um, whatever it says happens. And the edict in this case is if the little place that's holding out is not overtaken in a week, then um, it, everybody in it will be dis- destroyed. Um, including the including the two armies that are fighting on behalf of the Overlord who are not getting along with each other. So you solve that by just crushing people's heads with, with rocks? Yeah, 
well, I was sort of wandering around one of the camps and they had captured some soldiers and one of them was saying, oh, I want to join the Overlord side. I'm, you know, I don't like these guys at all, really. And so one of the text options I had was, okay, pick up that rock and beat that guy to death with it and then you're allowed to join. Oh, fair enough. So, but there are sort of good text options as well, but I thought, why would why bother doing that when I can be a bad guy? So that's you have what the I'm freedom doing. to finally play the bad man mm. and not hedge your bets and try to play a, like a Paragon-esque type character, if uh, the Mass Effect. Yep. There was a, a group of people who were sort of like this, this war band. There's this group called the Scarlet Chaos, which are just sort of a huge army of people who are forcibly conscripted. And these people were fighting over who was going to be the leader of this little band. The two of them were about to fight, and I said, "Can I join in? I really like fights." And they went, "Okay." And then I just and then I just cut one of their throats in, in dialogue. This didn't go into combat. Just cut one of their throats and put it to the other guy and said, "You're in charge now." Problem solver. Yeah, problem solver. That's why I think that the uh, good guys have a lot to learn from the evil guys on hmm. how to solve a problem. Effective, ruthlessly efficient. No, none of this going and collecting ten, you know, lizard scalps and. Coming back, and then the problem's not really solved. None of this, hey, let everyone, let's sit down and get some nice tea and discuss it, and maybe we can come to a mutually exclusive agreement. No, nope. that guy's in charge now. The guy who hasn't got all the blood coming out of his throat? That's that right. That guy's in charge. Yep. Now he's motivated to do a better job. Exactly. Mm. Team building. So what else I've been playing is I've been playing Ark Survival Evolved, which I may have mentioned um, uh, <laughs> briefly in past podcast, but it's escalated since then. That's the poop game. Yeah, it is. I've been playing uh, co-op with my wife, and we have a crate. We just labelled everybody poops, and we just put everybody's poop in there. <laughs> and this, the reason why we have this crate is because you collect poop to use in farms, but we have uh, a dodo farm, which is a thatched building that we made, and we trained dodos and just threw them in there and told them to mate. So um, you found some more dodos after the one flew away and yes. after the one you killed. Yes. Um, okay. But this all started, Evolution survives, finally. Yes. This started when my wife and I were discussing Jason Siegel's penis. Jason Siegel's <laughs> penis. Yeah, okay. yeah. So there was a thread on Reddit during the week about a guy who was printing out pictures of Jason Siegel, and he said he was going to eat a picture of Jason Siegel every day until Jason Siegel ate a picture of him. Um, how, did the, how did the penis... Did he accidentally get a picture of Jason Siegel's penis and 3D print that and eat no. that? Well, there is a picture of Jason Siegel's penis out there because he was nude in Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Right. Um, and then it turned into my wife and I discussing whether or not Jason Siegel has a particularly large penis or not. Does he have a particularly large... Did you Google Jason Siegel's penis? Is I, people now I sending have, you I weird ads? Seen, <laughs> I have seen the actual photo. And all yeah, right. he's, he's, he's all right. Uh, but so to get my wife back for that, I named one of the dodos Jason Siegel. <laughs> Did you name the other one Jason Siegel's penis? <laughs> no. So then she went and called one of the other dodos uh, Alison Hannigan. Uh, and oh, then I, So I named the other two dodos um, Colby Smulders and Neil Patrick Harris. So we're basically the naming the dodos after the cast of How I Met Your Mother at this point. Okay. And is that because the cast of How I Met Your Mother are just constantly pooping but out of their mouths? <laughs> Probably. Is that how you feel about that show, is it? Yeah, I think so. I know, I never really got into that show. It was mainly, right. I, it was always on in the background and it was always, eh, whatever. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. I've got some other stuff to do. All right. Although having said that, I just Googled Jason Siegel's penis. So, you know, 
here to hope that your wife doesn't come in. No, it's um, I was just thinking that maybe we could somehow use it for the show image in a in a in a weird way, but I don't think that's going to happen. No, <laughs> we might get if there's a rating on iTunes for us to go even lower than we are now. I think we'll be there. Can I name the episode Jason Siegel's penis and still get <laughs> you through can, iTunes? You can, well, probably not. You can try. Probably get sued by Jason Siegel's penis. So we're having a bit of fun with that game. We're kind of building up. It's, it's sort of pretty slow to level up, so it can be frustrating at times. And we're running around killing dinosaurs and trying to tame them. And we tried to kill a brontosaurus and we just both got absolutely murdered by it. And yeah, so now we're upgrading our thatch house to wood and we're going to build a proper pen for the dodos. And yeah, we're having, having an all right time. How does one tame a brontosaurus? Uh, I don't know. Um, there are a oh, couple of different ways. No, there's a couple of different ways you can tame things. You either beat them into unconsciousness and stuff them full of food. Or distract um, it with Jason Siegel. Yeah, but that doesn't work. Some of them you have to find a thing that it likes and then give it to it. So like a particular f- piece of food or something. But for dodos, it's just beating them into unconsciousness and stuffing them full of berries. Okay, and for brontosaurus, it's, it's, they really like Jason Siegel. So you Don't show them know. a picture of Jason Siegel's penis. It looks one way. And you beat it in the back of the head. No, I. Yeah, the the Brontosaurus randomly destroyed both of us. So we're probably going to be mm. waiting for the, for uh, sort of better weapons, maybe some trained dinosaurs of our own before we try to take on a Brontosaurus again. So, so there are obviously a variety of dinosaurs for you to train. There, there are a stack of dinosaurs in this game. It got weird for a while because we're camping on the beach and we've got our buildings only built just there. now. Only just now got <laughs> just weird now, after yeah. uh, like poop and Jason Siegel. <laughs> um, I'm glad the game finally got weird for you. <laughs> there was a brontosaurus that got stuck between two rocks, um, and uh, so the way he got stuck is that if we looked up the cliff face where we were camping, his head would just be sticking over the top of the cliff, just looking <laughs> at us. <laughs> and so, like the dinosaur up. version of Mount Rushmore, yeah, pretty much, but with a live dinosaur. Yeah, it's like the dinosaur version of Home Improvement with, with that guy peeking over the fence all the time. Oh, yes. Hey, neighbor. Um, yes. So <laughs> that's Ark Survival Evolved. It gets strange. Apparently, like, you can play it on big servers with lots of people and it's PvP and everybody blows up everybody else's stuff, but that doesn't sound like much fun to us, so. No, it's more fun trying to, you know, tame dinosaurs and collect mm. poop and, and not have to watch your back all the time. When you quit the game, you don't actually sort of, quit you just pass out in game so if it's a dedicated <laughs> server you'll just lay there passed out while people steal your poop yeah pretty much that's is poop a currency in the game no that doesn't seem to be a currency at the moment actually there's not even a trading system you just have to throw something on the ground for someone else to take yeah that was the old everquest days when you wanted to trade items between your own characters mm. you just find a little lonesome house somewhere and drop your sword on the ground and log out and log back in and hoping that no one was running by yeah. and stealing it Dangerous. Yeah, that's how it should be done. And uh, so I have purchased Street Fighter V as well. Oh, cool. Would um, you purchase that on? Uh, PC. Do you, so I, you purchased Street Fighter V Holland Rootkit Edition. Oh, really? Is that, is that what's, what's in there, is it? They did at one point put a rootkit in as a DRM security measure, but they quickly took that out again after people said, uh, that's kind of a bad thing. Mm. Maybe don't do that. No. So they have since taken it out, but um, I just haven't got it installed because it still freaks me out a little bit. Oh, do you actually own it, but you haven't installed it? Yeah. I should right. probably well, install it. It doesn't seem to have done anything. Okay. I doubt it's still in. 
Yeah. I think they were fairly apologetic about it, but, you know. If someone wants to get into my PC, all they're going to find is pictures of Jason Siegel's penis, so. And they're freely available on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, so, it's an interesting game. It's a lot slower paced than I thought it would be. Typically, when I've played fighting games, it's been against the CPU, and it just sort of comes at you in, like, a flurry of moves that you have, like, difficulty reading. That's, that's sort of the problem with me in fighting games, is that I have difficulty reading moves and reacting to them. I also think that the last fighting game you played was Nitro Plus Blasters, Heroin's Infinite Duel, and that is yeah. a crazy fast game. And when, if you do actually compare that to Street Fighter V, Street Fighter V does feel a little bit languid. Hmm. Um, but it's interesting. So I played through all of the characters' individual stories and got enough Street Fighter fun money to unlock Guile, which was, you know, that might as well be achievement unlocked game over for me at that point. Yeah, um, and, and I've actually played through the um the, the story missions, well, and they're really short. There's mm, only three, really easy. four battles, and then it's over. I think the idea is there. That's how they get you used to each character. Like, hey, here's your chance for over three battles to see how you feel about this character to decide yeah. which one you want to play yep. when it comes time to play it for real. So today Have you decided I decided on a character? No, I've been playing Nash. Um, okay. Because I wanted to play Guile. Um, mm-hmm. the, the fact that Guile's Sonic Boom and all of these other things, like there's a little delay. You have to either hold back or hold down for a little while yeah, before you, have you to can charge execute. the moves. Mm. And uh, and that makes him feel a little bit slow for me. So Nash has similar moves, but without the slowness. Those charge moves are quite hard on just a regular Xbox controller, on just mm. or like a, any console controller, really. But they're a lot easier on an, an arcade stick. Okay, well, we might revisit Guile when we get arcade sticks. Yes. So um, I, uh, I played my first ranked match today. Um, oh, yes. How'd that go? Uh, he must be a bus driver because he took me to school. <laughs> <laughs> he was um, a bit of a one-sided affair. Yeah, he was actually playing playing Guile. All <laughs> oh, right, oh, mate, potentially with an arcade stick. Yeah, and and going back to what I mentioned before is that like you expect like when we've played in groups and when we've played against the CPU, people just come rushing at you, mashing buttons. And this guy didn't do that; he just stood there. And yeah. so I, you know, I I learned very quickly that my usual way of dealing with this. Is to jump within range is not going to work, yeah. es- especially he- not 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 with guile. Yeah, and um, it's, it's kind of one of the first things you learn is anti airs. Mm. If someone jumps at you, you know the exact attack to hit that's going to swing mm. upwards in the right arc. Yep, and hit them and punish them. So I um I didn't win any rounds. I managed to damage him to my like never more than half of his health bar, and probably not even close to that. But yeah, you sort of really started to see that comparison to chess because he was just countering whatever I did and I was lucky enough to get in a few counters and things like that. Never never mind thinking about cancels or anything like that. But any time I got within range, he would just throw me. So I need to learn the throw cancel. And, it's and just things the throw like at the same time. It is. Um, but in the heat of battle, it's difficult to to remain present and to think of that sort of thing. When it's second nature, sure, but at the, yeah. like I, I was shaking, my hands were shaking when I finished fighting. Yeah. It, so, it yeah, that was that. It is one of those things where it's very much a reaction to the other player rather than being on the offensive the whole time. You want to mm. wait and see what your opening is so you can start your combo and start punishing the, yeah. their mistake. Yeah, well, he did that quite a bit because <laughs> there, there he, he, he had a smorgasbord of mistakes to choose from. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, go, 
Have a nice that, surfer mistake. Yes. That was what I played this week. What about you? Uh, I also played a little bit of Street Fighter. I was yeah. working, I was finishing off the story missions myself because I ended up getting on the PS4 the version that I think had the 2016 character pack open. So it's got yep. about twice as many characters. So I was going through and kind of finishing off some of those. I tried to have an online match, but it was just taking way too long. And then I had something else to do. So I didn't actually get to that. But just starting to go a little bit more through Geef's gym, I was actually learning anti-airs on the weekend, uh, which was very much, uh, there's kind of three different anti-airs. One's a high uppercut punch, which you have to time to their right time. And then one's like a jumping backwards and a small punch, which is for when they're trying to jump over your head and trying to do a crossover on you. And there's another couple of anti-airs, but it's just learning them with each of the characters. I've started to lean on Ken a little bit. Yeah. I figured that he's in most of the Street Fighter games, so I'd be fairly well equipped if I started to learn his basic moves, even though that they're different from Street Fighter to Street Fighter. Yeah, I'm trying to stay away from Ken and Ryu for just just because. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just want to play something a bit different. Yeah, but I'm I'm having trouble settling on a on a character. I know I don't want Chun Li because she's all over the place. Um, As in difficult to use. Well, difficult to use, and uh, I can't read her movements very well. I mean, it's yeah, probably bad that I'm going to be fighting against her and I can't read her movements well. But yeah, well, that's probably a good reason to try and go deep on her if if you're having trouble with her, try mm. to understand her the most. Yeah, yeah. Chun Li was actually the one I was thinking of being as like a secondary character if I was facing a Ken. God, are we doing secondary characters? Are we? I don't know. I was just I just thought you know Ken, he's really obvious, but he's the one I want to go deep on so I can understand the basics i suppose of street fighter but then chun li was one of those characters that i'm like i've never really understood her fighting technique because she does have a lot of those charge attacks like her kukun and her spinning bird kick are both charge attacks and i could never do them and i can now i can at least pull off a spinning bird kick with regularity but i'm still trying to figure out the kukun on a playstation Mm. 4 controller yeah that's that's the problem because the PlayStation 4 does not have a great D-pad for fighting games. It's got those little weird pellets rather than it actually yeah. being a proper stick, and my finger still slides around it a lot. Yeah, I'm using an Xbox 360 controller, and that's probably even worse. Yeah, probably. I don't know. We should have a have a look and see which controller yeah. is the worst controller for fighting games. Yeah, or either that or try to get a fight pad or something like that before we make our arcade sticks. Yeah, true. I think um, Hori do make a good fight pad. I think there are fighting pads around. That's yeah, probably so not just a bad idea. Finding a place in Australia to buy them is the. There's none. I doubt it. I think mm. it's pretty much all importing. I don't even think EB games sell anything like that. Yeah, we'll get into this later on when I talk about Yakuza Zero. But all oh, right, having a hobby in Australia that's a little bit outside of normal is just it's just a wasteland <laughs> of of trying to find people to sell you the thing that you actually want. Yeah, especially if you just don't want the thing that everyone else wants if you just want something that is is a little bit outside the normal Mm. in that hobby. Yeah. But anyway, I've also been playing a little bit more of Neo. Oh, yes. And uh, Neo's been teaching me to respect it because it's it's not a relaxing game. You should play after a long day at work and you just want to sit down and chill out with a video game. I did that on Wednesday of of last week after finishing editing the podcast and having a day where I could finally sit down and relax with some games. I sat down and then I stopped playing at 1am and I was a ball of sweat and a ball of just stressed angst 
because mm. I'd tried to kill a boss about 50 times. Yes. This is and- sending more, more Dark Souls. Oh, day. yeah, completely. And I finally got, and I'm not sure whether I should feel good about this or bad about this, but I'm taking it as a victory on that boss. I was going really well on that boss, and I'd finally figured it out about when I should dodge and when I should attack and when I should pull back and when I should use my bombs and all that kind of stuff. And I had him down until he had a sliver of health, and I had full health, so I don't feel too bad about this. And he bugged out and just stood there. So I stopped because I was waiting for something really bad to happen at that point where I was going to get fucked up. And he didn't. He just stood there. I'm like, fine, I'm going to take a couple of free hits on this thing. And I killed him and I beat him. So I'm going to call that a win because I still had full health. He had little health. I had heaps of healing. I'd figured it out. And I think that was just the game going, fuck, he figured it out. I'm just going to take my game and go home. I think it was probably the AI code getting into a loop and not finding a way out of that loop. <laughs> yeah, well, I finally beat that boss, which was uh, the second boss of the game. Because the first boss is pretty easy. You can do that in the prelude. Mm. And now I'm up to the third boss, and she's um, whipping my ass because she's a boss that needs a little bit more uh, attention. She, I think you need to keep up the damage on her and get right in her face and dodge her around a little bit because if you pull back, she's got a couple of attacks that can punish you. Yeah. There's bosses but, like that in Dark Souls where you have to stay within melee range. or they- Yeah, and if you don't manage your key or your stamina correctly, you're just left there panting in front of her going, yeah, I've got nothing more, just hit me so I can go back and start this one again because it's not working. Mm. Yeah, it sounds but- a little bit different from Dark Souls in that respect in that you can usually manage your stamina to a decent, like you, you can usually block and then roll out of um, out of range and the boss will then... I'm not sure give you enough time to recover, but there's usually enough time at least to recover a little bit of stamina. Yeah, well, um, if you block in this, I'm not sure if it's the same in Dark Souls, but you do lose stamina for blocking. Yep. Same in Dark Souls. Yeah, and it's just getting out of the rhythm. If I find, like, I can get into a rhythm where I can go in, I can hit a couple of attacks, and there's a thing you can do called a key pulse, which after attacking, you wait for, like, a flash to happen and you hit, R1 on the controller and you suck in a lot of key that's kind of floating around. Yeah. So then you actually get a little bit of key that allows you to dodge out and that I think that's the key to yeah, pardon the pun that's the key to actually keeping up the amount of key or stamina is to keep using those key pulses properly but sometimes yep. I just it, it's kind of a flow and sometimes I get out of the flow and then I'm left there with no key mm. and an, a giant thing that's about to smack me in the face. Yeah. But it is uh, teaching me or reminding me how to play slow in a game rather than rushing through things because just a simple mob can wreck your day if you don't if you're yep. uh, just not paying attention and you go think oh just this one more thing before I get to the boss and then you find that just this random trash dude will make your day very sad. Yes, but it is satisfying when you beat a boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. even if it is a little bit cheap, it is yes. quite. I'm just going to have myself a drink and just have a bit of a smile until the next level when you, it becomes a lot worse. Yep, you can then progress onto an area you've never seen before and you'll have anxiety because you don't know what's uh, ahead of you. Yeah, I've taken to kind of almost rushing through and avoiding a lot of the mobs in the levels and then kind of getting to the, the shrine, which is the save point, and then going, mm. okay, I'm just going to go back and just collect a bunch of the things that I missed because I was quickly trying to make my way through to the safety yeah, I'm not sure how that would work in Dark Souls, actually, because the areas are a little bit open, so you might not be running towards 
the shrine, especially in Dark Souls 1 where the world is connected at different points. Like you could you could run a lap around the entire world in different ways, so you could just end up running into a really sort of bad area if you tried something like that. Okay, I haven't experienced that in um, the Neo yet. I think the areas are a little bit more gated off and a little bit mm. more kind of there is a path through them. There are areas that are open that have a little bit of different tracks around them. There was one area in the second level where you got to a point that you had to travel through the level and there was a flame wall that you couldn't get through. But yeah. then if you traveled a lot of the way through, there was a giant container of water that you could break that would uh-huh. douse the flames, allowing you to get back to the shrine so you could go back and save. So, so then yep. the next time you could actually avoid that area and then, then the same in the next area you would you would go through and then open up a door which would allow you to get back to the um, shrine to save. So it's kind yep. of... You have stresses going through areas, but then you have a little safety area. Dark Souls calls that kicking a ladder down because that's usually what happens is you get to an area and you kick a ladder down and you climb down into an area that you've been in previously where you can save. I've kicked some ladders down as well. Mm. Maybe they've taken the kicking the ladder down from Dark Souls directly. Yeah, possibly. It's a good game. I really still like it. I'm having a lot of fun with it. I am trying to find another game to play that's a little bit less stressful for those times that I want to play something a little bit more deep but don't want to have to be a ball of sweat again grand theft auto 5 is that a game i should play that is not stressful no it's not stressful at all right i was thinking of getting dishonored 2 because i saw that was on sale on the oh, yeah. store i played the first one and the first one was okay but i haven't sort of got around to the second one yet i really like the first one but i really like stealth games so mm. i like just hiding the shadows and seeing what havoc i can cause and seeing how i can use the systems yeah so that's kind of pretty much it from me, I haven't played much. I actually no. I played a, just a little bit of uh, Picross 3D round two because oh, yes. I saw up on my shelf. I had my couple of amiibos, and in Picross you can open up little puzzles depending on if you've got the right amiibos. And of the seven amiibos I have, just sitting up there, kind of basically being decoration, uh, three of them opened up a puzzle for me. No, oh, excellent. I expected there, there to be go. more. You know, I've got. I've got Donkey Kong, I've got Mario, I've got Peach, uh, Samus, I've got Link, and Zelda, and Mega Man. And I think it was only Mario, Peach, and Link that opened up puzzles for me. I thought maybe Mega Man yeah. might, but he didn't. Or Donkey Kong. Oh, well. Could have made a barrel or something. A barrel puzzle. Yeah. It kind of unlocks an object, and then you have to reveal the object from inside a big giant square. So yeah. I figured Donkey Kong and a barrel might have worked, but last night, it's the old sculpting, sculpting an elephant adage where you just start with a block of marble and take away everything that isn't, a, isn't an elephant. Yes, yes, absolutely. Except I try to take away just certain parts of the elephant and it goes, no, need that bit. Yep. You say that looks a bit like Jason Siegel's penis. Yes, that definitely needs to go. Oh, no, wait, that's a tusk. I shouldn't probably yeah. <laughs> remove that. Uh, so that's it. That's all I've been doing. There probably would have been something else tonight if this was a Monday, which it is. I'm not saying it's not. Um, mm. but here we are. Okay, on to the weekly topic. Yes. Well, we've got a couple this week. We do have a couple this week, and we might go through all of them, because, you know, we're outside the regular Monday. It's it's crazy. It's the Wild West. We don't have mm. to abide by rules. No. So we'll start, I guess, with me saying I backed Pillars of Eternity 2 on fig.co. I haven't um, used fig before. No, this was my first time using fig. Is it kind of the same as Kickstarter? The same? Yeah, general? it's reasonable. It's a bit, it's a bit slicker than Kickstarter. 
So I watched a video for Pillars of Eternity 2 during the week and I liked how the game looked and I remembered the people who worked for Obsidian and go, oh, I like those guys, they made Fallout and Planescape and they should get to make another game. They've already got quite a bit of money, but I'll put mine in. So the beta access is like 99 bucks. so don't expect just to put a beta video up because I'm not not, put, not throwing away that much money on the game. Oh, well, generally you would want to get that at a really low level because, mm. you know. You want to get something for, you know, your 10 bucks or your 15 bucks? No. Well, actually, that's just a copy of the game these days. Okay. Um, I considered investing, but they the minimum buy-in was $1,000. Wow. Well, uh, I and, investing, I suppose that's... Yeah. And I took off my video game hat and put on my sort of financial advice hat. And I thought, is, is a video game a good investment? <laughs> and then you sort of re- read about all the money trouble that people have and publishers pulling support for things. And it's like, oh, maybe not. Like, yeah. if, if I approach it specifically from the standpoint of this is an investment that I want to make money on, then, then no, you know, as much as I like them, I should probably steer clear. Yeah, also, and, you know, there's, there's been a lot of people saying, you know, why don't they make this game or why don't they make this game? And, you know, Kickstarter gives us the ability to, to get these games made that won't necessarily always get made. And yet, whilst that's true, if you then go to that extreme, which you've gone to with, you know, investing in this game is $1,000, Imagine that a game company who would have to invest a hell of a lot more than that for unknown returns, mm. you just hitting that wall and then making you think, oh, shit, $1,000 is a lot of money. It and is. Realistically, it's not a lot of money when you're investing. Like, investment, proper investment in a game would be hundreds of thousands of dollars. I mean, Millions. you know, up to a million dollars, depending on the game and depending on the publisher. Mm. And then, like, that's the reality that game publishers have to deal with and game makers have to deal with, not, oh, you know, can you give me $10? Can you give me $15? That's not what they're after generally at an investor level. No. So I backed off as well because I'm not sure what the rules are about being from uh, Australia and investing. Yeah. And because we're actually running a video game site now, I don't think it would be a good impartial look for me to be an investor in a, in a, in a game. So because well, when, the game, when the game comes out, I'm going to want to put video up. But yeah. yeah, well, that's the other thing. You know, we, I am now having to starting to rethink the way I talk about games in a way I think about games myself because I am kind of roughly in a spot of I can talk about a game and potentially influence somebody whether they're going to buy it or not. Mm. For it's example, if, if you want to beat someone's or make someone else beat someone's head in with a rock, buy, buy Tyranny. Yes, you should do that. And if you want to uh, click poop, uh, we've got a game for you. Yep, yep. Ark Survival Evolved. Definitely do yeah, that. Yeah, so that was my um, foray back into Kickstarter world. So when is it expected? Uh, gee, I don't know. I didn't even look. I just <laughs> sort of Obsidian's that sort of company where they make enough interesting games where it's like, whenever you guys are ready, that's fine. Yeah, with Broken Age. You know, I know that the game came out in about a year and a half, but like we were saying, like, the actual physical product only got shipped four and a half mm. years after the Kickstarter came out, which was yeah. a crazy amount of time. A lot of that might be because of the documentary they were making, though, because I didn't think they did film some stuff about the aftermath of it and yeah. and how the studio sort of lived through the reception of it as much as living through the making of it. Yeah. But it I, just, still haven't, I still haven't watched the whole thing. Yeah, but it just shows how the game process can change. Like they, I think mm. the deliverables on that was a year later, you would get the box copy and the DVD and all that kind of stuff. And yep. Then then people are starting to understand. Hopefully, people are starting to understand why a game can get delayed and why it's mm. not a crazy thing that you should yell at people randomly on a forum about because a game is 
six months delayed or a year delayed. Yeah, we shouldn't really yell at anyone anyway. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't sort of solve anything yelling at people. God damn it! I want my game now. See, it's that it's just, yeah, that should you didn't happen. you didn't just wake up your kids, did you? I did probably. Right. They're going to be like, oh man, he really wants his game. Jesus, he does. He daddy, his game. Sorry. <laughs> We went out and made it out of sticks and twine for you because we were really so, so scared of you. Sorry. He's in the next um, room, so we'll, we'll yes. see. So I'm going to skip ahead to Yakuza 0. So I lit the fallout. Like I went to JB Hi-Fi the day of release and the day after the release of Yakuza 0 and it was not found anywhere. So I thought, well, I'll just wait. So I think we're a couple of weeks out from its release and it's still not at the JB Hi-Fi near work. I haven't checked anywhere else yet. It just annoys me because this is like a brick and mortar store having to compete against online, and their their singular job is to have something in store for me to buy it when I want to go in and buy something, and that's not what they're doing. Was Yakuza Zero a big mainstream release? Because I'm sure that they could sell you some Call of Duty. Yeah, they they'd sell me quite a lot of that. They could also sell me quite a lot of PlayStation VR titles as well. They had quite a few of those hanging around. We've got buckets of those. We've got we're just mm. propping up tables and we're just using them to you know block vents. No I remember having this problem the last time I bought a game on a mainstream console, which was the end of the probably PlayStation Three, Xbox Three Sixty era before I fled to Steam. And yeah, everything. and so nothing's gotten better. Nothing's changed. This generation, I've tried to go and it's working so far on the ps4 i haven't really and and on the xbox one i don't think we've got a physical copy i'm trying to go all digital and see how far that's scary yeah it's kind of scary but you know what i can literally go now and buy yakuza zero uh did they release yakuza zero on digital yeah i've i checked uh yesterday because i heard heard that it was that it was going to be physical only really no Mm. i've let me just double check but i'm pretty sure it's it's available. Eighty nine dollars. Okay. There you go. Well, now we're just waiting. Eighty nine dollars. Jesus. What's well, about a new release nowadays? Yeah. Well, having like I've been on the PC for how long was it since the end of the last generation? And now, a while. A while. Yeah. So I'm I'm used to the game's sixty nine dollars when it comes out, and then it's usually cut down to fifty within a month, and then yeah, yeah. there's sales after that. So yeah. I mean, maybe having- I'm maybe I'm not ready to go back into that um that sphere again. Who knows? I mean, um, PlayStation have their monthly sales, and I could have gotten Dishonored two for about forty five bucks. Seems yeah. a little bit closer to yeah what I would pay, what they would actually pay in the US. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think even like you could go the special edition of games, like the special edition Titanfall, which had all the extra skins and a bunch of things you kind of really don't need to play yeah. the game. I don't really was, care about. No, it was about one hundred and twenty bucks. Right. And I think that's generally right for one of those games. Here we go. There's a there's a there's a For Honor Deluxe Edition just been released. I believe one hundred and forty four dollars ninety five. Really? For- when I bought um, so Yakuza for the PS4, Yakuza Zero on Oz Game Shop, it's sixty six dollars to uh, import. That would be an import from the UK that would work and on an Australian. Uh, it's actually free shipping on this site. I think awesome. So all the prices included. You should get that. Yeah, even even Street Fighter Four. I actually bought it through Green Man Gaming and just bought a key. Now Green Man Gaming are not a. You mean Street Fighter Five? Sorry, Street Fighter Five. Green Man Gaming aren't a. What's that? That stupid key store that sells stolen keys and shit like that. 
G4 uh, or something. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look out for fully informatic next week. <laughs> um, so Green Man Gaming is actually is actually partnered with publishers. So at least I know I'm not getting a stolen key. But uh, That's why I've street- always been wary about buying keys over the internet. Yeah. Um, well, their Street Fighter, and I've gone and said typed in Street Fighter. I've just done a search. Their Street Fighter yeah. Five was like was thirty five bucks when I bought it, which was less than what it was on Steam. Oh, great. Actually, sorry, $32. So, yeah, you get used to on the PC being able to hunt around for, for this sort of stuff. Yeah, um, and that's the thing with Steam. I, I just whack things on a wish list, and when it goes cheap enough, that's mm. when I get it. Yeah, no, that's that seems like the way to do it. Yeah. Um, you seem to have bought a Humble Bundle today. <laughs> I did buy of- a Humble Bundle today, and I, there were uh, quite a few titles in there that I already had, but that was only $30 US, and I got... Uh, the Witness, and I got Stardew Valley, and I got a whole bunch of things. So, oh, okay. I probably owe Jonathan Blow some money as well. Yeah, you owe him forty bucks. I do. Um, so that was good. It was it, that actually allowed me to get some games, support a really good cause, and get a whole bunch of games that I've kind of never played. So, I'll, I'll, I'll probably end up having a look at those. Yeah, I'm just trying to look at what bundle it might have been. It was the Human Right, the Freedom Bundle, the Humble Freedom Bundle. It's got one more day left. So, by the time you hear this, you won't be able to get it. Probably. So go back yep. in the past. Don't and, don't go and buy it. There might be something new for you. And support human rights it was good. It's for a really good cause. And you know there was Day of the Tentacle on there, but I already had that, so I gave that to you. You got a bunch of books by Cory Doctorow as well. I did. He's supposed to be a good author. You've got a book on book on R if you want to do some big data visualization. That's I've just been waiting for my chance to do a big data mm. visualization. A yeah. bunch of other stuff. Oh, you got Mini Metro too. I did. So I'm going to sit Metro back. Is a good one. I'm going to watch your video and then I'm going to play it. Right. Actually, you got Grav too, which is sort of kind of okay, but a bit weird. Yeah, that was a big bundle. That was... and you you got another copy of Double Fine Adventure. Yes, uh, that was a, a documentary, I think. Oh, really? Okay. So there are other stores out there to get games. Just you can't do that on a console. There's nothing like that really mm. for the Xbox. There's nothing like that for the PS4. Gated. Really gated. But then you just wonder how some of the games get released. On those mm. titles and not other things, and who curates them? All right. So I guess the last thing you want to talk about is Steam Greenlight's ending, which it kind of blends in from the last conversation. You know, yeah. No Trying more games on systems. No more game which shall not be named on this podcast anymore. Yeah, that's how that game got up. Is because somebody gamed a forum. Potentially, I'm just speculating. So. Yeah, allegations. And we can't talk about the game because we promised we no. would never. <laughs> but then I think last. Episode, I think we promised that we would never talk about it, and then we spoke about it another ten times. I hear. So. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, screen hmm. Steam Greenlight is ending. Or and- on the other side, that might be getting worse because if there's no curation anymore and everyone just becomes their own store, then there might be lots more games like that. Well, everyone should be able to make a game, but then again, stores should be able to curate the games that they have on there. Hmm. So, Steam are potentially replacing Steam Greenlight with a flat fee. And it's apparently the fee is going to be anywhere between $100 and $5,000 to get wow. your game on Steam. Do they say what, how they'll measure it? No, I think they're actually just gauging the climate at the moment. Speaking oh, to a whole okay. bunch of uh, game developers to see you know, what they should price it at. And I don't know whether there'll be different prices for different tiers. But um, there's a lot of indie developers a little bit concerned that my yeah. brand is a lot of money to get your indie game up there. But, you know, it, it's kind of a tough one because you want to say that if you think that your game isn't going to make a thousand bucks or five thousand bucks, like, should it 
be on a stall. I mean, those games deserve to exist, but you know, if there's other things you should potentially be worried about, if you don't think that something that you're going to spend that much time on is going to be worthy of getting some money. Yeah, well, it's just it might be the case that you have created an incredibly niche game for a niche audience, and you know it's not going to make money, but it needs to be out there, or you just may not be able to come up with the funding in advance. Yeah, for that sort of thing. It does seem like curation seems to be the one thing that that Steam have shied away from putting any internal mm. money behind. They've either left it to okay, you guys just sort yourself out and see what naturally bubbles to the top through this voting process. Yep. Or now you're just going to pay us. And now we know know what bubbles to the top. Yeah, or what bounces nat- to the top. Yeah, what yeah, what what is what is forced to the top of the pile now potentially. Mm. You it's basically a pay to play. What they haven't done though is to actually put a decent curation team behind it. Like somebody no. that, you know, you would know the names of the people and who are actively out there searching for great games to go on Steam and I think if anyone can do that, if anyone's got the money to do that, it's a company that, you know, has financial advisors and financial market analysts on staff. Like we know that they've got all those things. Like you mm. would think that they would have some curation people. Yeah. So people who go to places like PAX and look at games that are coming out that do know all the little indie games. You know, you could have someone that specializes in bigger games and someone who specializes in strategy games they should be a team there and we should know their names like steam is or valve is a very death star-esque walled off company and you don't really know a lot of people who are working there you don't really know what they like and a lot of the inner goings on and whether and that i actually know a guy who works there personally yeah john john walker he was a creator of team fortress he um he used to live in a flat in camberwell and we'd go around and play quake at his place awesome well, yeah, get on to him. Get get him to be a curator. Mm. So, um, John Walker at oh no, not John Walker. God, is it the guys? Wrong? Maybe they're both called John Walker. Anyway, John Walker at Rock Paper Shotgun wrote an article <laughs> about this. Robin Walker is the guy that works at Valve. Ah, oh, right, okay. Fully informatic just now. Robin Walker is the guy that works at Valve. John Walker writes for Rock Paper Shotgun, and yep. he's accused Valve of basically pushing their problems onto their customers and saying. We don't want to fix this, so you're going to do it for us. Yeah, it's actually a really hard thing to fix. It's not mm. something I think people are trying to solve. Like Amazon and eBay and Microsoft and everyone is trying to solve this with code. With They're trying to figure out a way that they can take your regular habits and without human intervention suggest you things. But I think mm. this requires a human involved or human yeah. or many humans involved. You can't offload this to an algorithm. Yeah, I think, like, in the same way that people have criticised the Centrelink algorithm here in Australia for flagging people and saying they owe money to the government when they probably don't. Yeah. Like, the way it's supposed to work is that that algorithm is supposed to reduce the pool of cases that you need to examine from a billion down to, let's say, a 100,000. So an algorithm at, at, in, at Steam would work the same. It would reduce the amount of things that, that team needs to look at rather than be the sole thing that sort of yay or nay. Yeah. Oh, God, it's going to be a bit of a mess, isn't it? Just looking at the front page now, like the popular new releases, there's a bunch of games that I have not ever, ever heard of. It's one of those things that to some extent you expect or that you want places like 
places like us to go out and look for those games and recommend those games to our viewers and the people who listen to the podcast and who go to our site. And I think, to me, that's like getting a friend to recommend a game, which is how Mm. I generally find my games. I listen to and I follow some people who I really respect and who like the same type of games as me, and then games bubble up through that. But then you're kind of putting all that pressure onto others who aren't part of Steam to find those games and that's yes and that's just a lot of responsibility for someone whose job is finding and playing and reviewing the games it's not a simple answer but i think there's something in manual curation it has to be a human based curation mm. dave you that's- should go and buy hyperdimension neptunia as a friend who recommends games to you i will do that i'll do that now is it on steam okay. I should yeah it is steam. on steam <laughs> don't buy hyperdimension neptunia no ah oh, you said no. You, I trusted I you online. I was you listening did. to you on the podcast live, and you said it was great. And uh, it's actually good. not that not not that bad, but it's not your type of game. All oh, right, okay. What is my type of game? Uh, maybe a game where uh, Sam Fisher fought dragons and choked them out. I buy that. They look, you know. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, but there are a bunch of uh, other online game retailers who specialize in small indie games coming out and saying, mm. look. Come and bring your games over here. It's, it's you know, we'll take whoever. And, you know, yep. even... Good old games. You, yeah, good old games. And if it does get to the point where your game has enough mass to warrant on Steam, they, they could even pay the 1000 or $5,000 that would cost to get the game on Steam, which is, you know, that's, that's really, really an opportunity for them to be a differentiator to Steam. Like, Steam might be the pinnacle, but there is areas for good old games and other game places like that. But you just have to wonder mm. how they can then handle potentially all the chaff that Steam is having to wade through. That might go to the way of good old games, and then that's going to become their problem. And then they're going to have to come up with a solution to curate. Yep. Well, I guess it's going to... It'll be like um, the uptick or the downtick for Steam, how they handle this. It's like they're either going to do it well and good games will be present it to people they're going to do it terribly or they'll drive everyone away from the store or it'll be a middle ground or just limp along like it is now i don't have much faith that 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 they'll be able to do it well though is it as black and white as that though like can steam put the flag in the sand and go no we're going to only stock a certain quality of game or a certain amount of games that can only afford to recoup their costs if they sell five thousand copies and that's i think that's fine for steam i think that's a marketplace specifying or kind of focusing a little bit and rather than them trying to be everything to everyone maybe that's a good thing maybe that's what the game selling markets need because steam's been around for how long steam been around for 13 14 uh when did when did half-life 2 come out or just before half-life 2 came out seems steam's been around for 80 years and for the longest time that's become pretty much where i buy pc games so if there's a game on the origin store which is a shit show, I'll begrudgingly buy it if there's no other place to get it. But generally, it seriously makes me think about actually ever playing the game because oh, I've got to go to another store. And another. But is that a healthy way of, of, of looking at things? No. There should be more variation in the market. I should have good old games for some things because they stock certain indie games that Steam don't want to touch. And then, you know, the Humble Bundles even, or the Humble Stores even got, they're starting to do the same thing. So maybe it's healthy. I don't know. Oh, I think it is. I don't think Steam should be the arbiter of what's being sold. And, like, I don't think anyone should be the arbiter of what's being sold and what's being, not being sold. 
Yeah, I mean, can you still buy just games directly from publishers and not have installed through Steam or a good old game client or anything like that? Yeah, well, that's the only thing I want to avoid is having a billion clients loaded on my um, on my PC. But I'm talking about not a client, but just a fully separate executable that's not tied to a client. But like, well, that's still possible, isn't it? Mm, yes, but probably not at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I suppose you have to. I mean, games are getting so big, you have to have someone who's willing to pony up the space to store the game and output it to yeah. everyone who wants it. You've got the the Rockstar Social Club. You've got the Uplay client now. You've got Origin. You've got Steam. Yeah. But if I wanted to buy The Witness directly from Jonathan Blow and just download it off his server, can I do that? He will give it to you if you drive to his house with $40. Okay, fair enough. Because before all this, it was just discs. And mm. I haven't touched a PC disc in a good long time. I want to no. say a good eight years, yeah, at least. Probably me as well. I have two binders filled with CDs and DVDs of, of PC games, and I have not needed to buy new binders. I've got binders as well, but this shows you I don't know where they are. Right. I think the last room. thing I might have bought was like an MMO that wasn't being sold online, like maybe Age of Conan or something like that. The last physical copy of a game I bought for the PC was Syndicate, and that was purely to get the key so I could input it into Origin because Origin oh, Australia yeah. wasn't selling it. No, selling well, yeah, it? well, we imported it from New Zealand because it was refused classification in That's right. Australia. Apparently ripping chips out the back of someone's head not yep. a thing that people should see. Take that classification board. Goddamn fun, though. Although they probably don't really care. They're just classifying it. Take that federal government. That's better. So, yeah, PC games. Crazy place. Yeah. Mm. See the Only going to get crazier. Yeah. It'll be very interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years. Whether or not we see the follow-up to the game that we are not allowed to talk about anymore. And yeah. That's the tipping point. That'll be on Steam. Because that would have made five grand from that. Uh, probably. It was in popular new sellers for a while. Yeah. Shouldn't have been. No, absolutely not. That's one of the things that John Walker points out in his article is how did this happen? <laughs> that game in particular or just the general Steam Well, that, that game in particular is emblematic, oh, sorry, emblematic of the sort of what goes on Steam doesn't seem to have any oversight at all these days. Yeah. There, there was no of- nobody on Valve's end to go, ah, you know, maybe not put this on the front page, at the very least. No one going, hey, you know, Ralph, why are there so many iOS games that are just being reported? What's going on? Well, ma- you know, maybe there's somebody going, why are there 300 Flappy Bird clones on Steam? <laughs> I think what Steam needs is to say no occasionally. Yes. Just say no, everyone. Yep. Be assertive. Don't just take the money. Mm. All right. Well, there you go. That's some topics we've gone through, and that's our opinion on certain stuff. Oh, there was one thing I wanted to talk about. Remember how for Yakuza 0, I said if your um, hobbies are a little bit outside of the norm, it just becomes a shit show to try and get stuff, and you have to import things? Yes. It can go one step further than that. So one of my hobbies is astronomy, and... As you move into the hobbies where there are very few people doing it, you stop buying things from companies and you just start buying things from people, from guys who make them in their garage. Yeah. It's like I've needed to buy sort of like a particular eyepiece or um, a particular spotting scope and it's like, well, no company produces this, but, you know, Dave in Endeavor Hills makes it out of his garage. So you can send him some money or you can just drive to his place on a Saturday afternoon. And he'll yeah. just take one out of the box he got from the manufacturer and, and just give it to you. Yeah, and I remember when I was restoring the arcade cabinet I've got sitting behind me and when we were making the main cabinets, 
that I couldn't go to a giant website to buy the controls and the buttons. And this was many, many years ago before MAME was super, super popular. There was a website of a guy who lived out in Sunshine or somewhere and he was importing these specific joysticks and buttons and you sent him some money and this package would show up from a guy's garage. Yep, ozsticks.com.au. They're still around and if you need some stuff from them, tell them we sent you. Big shout out to uh, Ozsticks. They are um, in Croydon South in Victoria and they provided us stuff for our arcade machines that are still working 10, 12 years later. Absolutely. But I think mm. this time when we buy our fight stick stuff, we're going to get them from interstate because he they don't have the buttons for the way I want the buttons to be. Ah, okay. You want them to be convex rather than concave and a shorter throw and I've gone well down the well of researching fight sticks. It looks like they do actually sell convex or they sell the ones that, are, uh, that aren't recessed. Okay, I'll check them they out. They sell Senwa OBS F30 push buttons. Is that what we're looking for? That sounds about right. Maybe right. we've just got them in. Awesome. Go on, sticks. God, there's so many buttons here, it would be awesome. Like triangle buttons. I wonder if he's still selling them out of his garage. Probably. And it's right that that happens. Absolutely. Especially if you're into, I mean, I'm not really super into cars, but my dad's into cars and he's got a bunch of friends who are into cars. And if you're after a weird car part from a 1964 Mustang that needs a specific suspension part or a specific carburetor part, there's guys who have the same problem as you and the only way to get that part generally is to get someone to manufacture that part. But the only way to cost effectively do that is to manufacture 200 of those things. Mm. So they front up the money, manufacture those 200 of the things, and then on sell those things from their garage. And yes. That's great. That's how it should be. I really enjoy the Wild West of just people making things that are uh, a little bit off the grid and just not what the popular culture does. I've got something exactly like that right here on my desk. Yes. It is a guitar pedal called the Legend of Fuzz that uh, contains a barely passable ripoff of the Legend of Zelda logo. <laughs> um, but yeah, like it, I know the person who made this. And they don't make them anymore, apparently. No, no. Uh, I, I think they stopped making guitar pedals, basically. But yeah, just to think that this person, just the person who I sent my email to was the person who, who worked on this in their shop or studio or whatever or garage and then sent it to me paypal has become the let's just draft a personal check of the current era it's Mm -hmm. just anyone who's got an email address can accept money and you don't have to go to a bank and go can i please have a check for this man in croydon who's going to sell me some arcade bits and pieces Mm. now just send the money some random things show up in the mail yeah beautiful do what you love and share it shall we move on to letting off steam let's move on to letting off steam wait wait Letting off steam. Hey. Hey. What have we got today on Letting Off Steam? Ah. Well, you actually contributed a review today, which was interesting. I did contribute some reviews because I was looking up a game that uh, was like Neo, as we've spoken about it, Dark Souls. Dark mm. Souls 2, I was having a look online. Apparently, uh, Dark Souls 2 can be quite a divisive game. Not the mm. game, but actually the release of the game can be quite divisive. Yes. Different unnecessary versions I've found. You actually gave me Dark Souls 2 for my birthday probably one year, but I've never actually played it because I said, I'll play that after I finish Dark Souls 1. <laughs> and I did actually boot up Dark Souls 1 after seeing that because I thought, I thought, you know what? I need to finish Dark Souls 1. And then did you die straight away? Uh, I died straight away in the uh, probably the most difficult part of the game, which is the Dark Souls 1 settings. <laughs> <laughs> I just launched it and it killed me. I said, yeah, yeah. you probably deserved that. Um, no, there's a, 
when Dark Souls came out for the PC, it, re- it wasn't a real good port. And there's this guy uh, called Durante, who um, he's basically a computer science graduate, and he wrote a DirectX wrapper for it that makes it work and re- removes all of the bad field of view stuff and unlocks all the resolutions and uncaps the frame rate and stuff like that. So getting that working is a little bit of a trial for, for me because I had done some dumb things with my Dark Souls setup. But it's all working now and hopefully we can uh, continue. Again, some guy in his house fixing the yep. problems that the world won't solve. Yep. I'm up to Anor Londo in Dark Souls 1, which is the part where traditionally everybody quits for a while. Well, that's good. And you quit at the same time, so then... Now you should yep. push forward through it. Yep, that's what I'm going to do. I'm thinking about this sort of stuff is that there's not many games like this that are a true test of, of skill, like there's Nio and the Dark Souls series and Demon Souls, and it's like the game, and I, I use Mass Effect and Call of Duty as an example of the opposite. The game never says after you fail something, it's all right, champ, come on, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll just get going. It says no, you do it right, or you don't go any further. Exactly. I've just taken as gospel that I'm going to lose Amarita or Souls. Like, mm. I can't ever 100% of the time get back and get my Souls. I just have to admit, those are gone. I'm never getting those back because I've died yep. a whole bunch of times. And Well, the byline of Dark Souls 1 is prepare to die. And people say it's not a threat. It's basically advice for the game. It says every time you've got a lot of Souls, either buy some arrows or spend them on something or do something with them because you are essentially preparing for your next death and making sure that you don't have a lot of currency on you when it does actually happen. Yeah, prepare to die is the instruction manual for that Mm -hmm. game. Yep. Uh, So let's let off some steam. Uh, So I picked two Tyranny reviews because I thought they were funny because they're basically opposites of each other. So Ronan at War with a positive review, 23.4 hours, says, pay attention, Bethesda, this is what an RPG looks like. And so he's having a bit of a go with them, probably for Fallout 4 and, uh, I guess, Skyrim and Oblivion to a a lesser extent. Uh, But then coming straight back with a negative review is Archibald Winthrop III with 6.3 hours. It says, sad to see Obsidian turn into Bioware. So we've got two people coming at opposite ends of the spectrum there. (laughs) One holding uh, Obsidian up, as this is how an RPG (laughs) should be made, and one driving them down and saying... You're basically turning into Bioware. Well, another man's gold is another... Mm. I don't know what the phrase is. Yeah. Well, the informatic next week, I'll figure well, out... Well, the informatic on common proverbs and sayings. Yes. Do you want to read your ones out, or do you want me to do it? Um, no, you can do it. It's your segment. Sure, okay. Well, Dark Souls 2, the game that I haven't pay- played yet that Dave got me for my birthday. Um, a positive impression from Jishi Joshi... 99.7 hours. Game is so hard, I can't even launch it. 11 out of 10. <laughs> See, <laughs> I haven't tried. I think the 99 hours just proves his review, but yeah. we get what he's got. He spent 99 hours trying to launch the game. Yeah. Uh, so a negative review from HunterKiller underscore um, with 18.1 hours. And I don't know if you want me to sing this review, but <laughs> it's to the tune of a song. We don't need to sing it. We don't need to sing it? All right. On the second day of Christmas, From Software gave to me a soft ban, all for using community mods to fix the problems they couldn't be bothered to fix. Players beware, using DS fix, Dead Zone fix, or any other non-cheat mods can still get you soft banned. There you go. Someone mm. in the community fixing a problem. I've been and- using um, DS fix on Dark Souls 1 for a while, and I've never been banned, so... 
Maybe he was he had something else running. I'm not sure about that. So is that an always online thing that the game's got? Is it, yeah, it's a, it's so a single player game, isn't it? Except it is a single player game. Well, no, actually, Dark Souls is a multiplayer game, but you can bring people in under very specific circumstances, mostly for boss fights and things like that. Okay. Um, but Dark Souls kind of has you. So multiplayer is spread over a couple of different concepts. The first one is that you can leave notes for other people in the in the world, so you can say, "Ha ha ha, you died." Yeah, but you can sort of make them from um, predefined phrases. Um, right. So you can say there is, you know, treasure around the next corner, or okay. the, the one that everybody points to is that there is a character who is um, skimpily dressed, and people leave notes in the out the front of the door to her room that says "amazing chest up ahead." <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> Found a way to mention the game we shouldn't be mentioning. Um, <laughs> but it's not stopped people from writing notes on the edge of cliff saying, treasure down here, jump. <laughs> so you have to watch out for things like that. Yep. Um, obviously, the, and then the second layer is, is that you can use uh, an item to summon other people into your world or to ask for help with bosses. Um, okay. And then that splits off again into then people can also invade your world under specific circumstances and you are forced to fight them. Okay. Neo's got an online portion as well, but I haven't really investigated it. I don't actually mm. know anyone else who's playing it personally, so I can't really test it out, I don't think. But I might have I think there is something similar to Neo in Dark Souls where you can see where other people died. Yes. There's like yeah. a whole bunch of red swords sitting in the ground and you can see yep. where other people have died and you can also raise them and fight them and get mm. some loot. Dark Souls doesn't... You can't sort of raise them and fight them, but you sometimes you will see the last, say, three seconds of their life and you can get a, a fairly good idea of what's going to happen. Yeah, well, this one actually has descriptions in it. So mm. it says, you know, Robert32 died while falling off a cliff or something. It'll... There'll be something in the text description that tells you how they died, mm. and that might give you a way of getting through it. Yep. All right, so our next set of reviews is for Ark Survival Evolved. Um, I don't Again. think there's any men- no, no mention of pooping in these, <sighs> I don't think. 10 out of 10. Would poop again. Yep. So Mashed Potato... Mash, sorry, Mashed Protato has a positive review with 183.2 hours. Best Australia simulator ever. Everything kills you. Damn nice. Eight out of eight, mate. Almost a review for Dark Souls 2. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Silver Violet has a negative review with 188.9 hours. Do you enjoy sleeping? Do you like waking up to find everything you've built is still there? Have you ever had a shred of trust for anyone before? Do you like to play other games instead of just one all the time? Do you have a concept of peace? Do you try to help fellow players and have truly good intentions? If you answered yes, then this game is not for you. She's got a lot of uh, hours into a game that she's giving mm. a negative review to. Maybe she yes. loves that. I think it's more to do with the fact that playing on servers with lots of other people, they, they just sort of smash your base up and kill you and you know, that my, sort of stuff. My rule that I go by is that there will always be dicks. Yep. If you go by that rule, you're never surprised. Hmm. I tend to not play multiplayer games with people I don't already know, so playing ladder matches in Street Fighter Five is a big deal for me. Yeah, yeah. I went in beforehand to try to t- see if there was any like voice chat, and I just, just to try and turn it all off. Because if there's anything <laughs> X- Xbox Live has taught me is that nobody has anything good to say over voice chat. 
No, and I have never had the PlayStation headset plugged in. I've only ever occasionally, I would say, I can count on fingers of one hand the amount of times in Titanfall 2 that I've even heard people talking. Mm. I think it's just, I think, a generally accepted thing that, yeah, all voice chat shit. Yeah. Nobody ever uses it to coordinate. They just use it to scream at each other and talk about drugs. Yes. Or say, Mom, shut up while I'm trying to play my game. Yeah. That was my impersonation of a 10-year-old boy. You did very well. You, you could have you could have got your actual son to come in and could <laughs> do a dramatic reading of it. Maybe that's the segment we have Xbox Live chat dramatic reading as done by your son. <laughs> he's going to learn a lot of special language. <laughs> he's going to learn the vocabulary is going to be expanded. Yes. All right. So that's going to do it for letting off steam. Now we're going to move on to semi-informatic. Um, we fully informatic. Fully informatic. We're going to correct that right away because yep. that's good. We've got something to correct straight away because we we were talking before this and we didn't really have anything. No, we're perfect. In fully informatic. We thought, yeah, you know, we're getting really, really good. But I could have sworn last week we were saying that there was a lot to correct. Yep. But, you know, maybe we're just not smart enough to realize what it is. Yep. I did find something, though. I uh, We were talking a lot last week about alpacas and alpacas' place in the video games world. And we were designing some games for Alpaca. Mm. And the game Alpaca Man that I designed was solely based on the fact that alpacas just want to be left alone. Uh, That is, in fact, untrue. I apparently do not know a thing about alpacas because alpacas don't like to be left alone. They're actually a herd animal and they cannot Mm. be kept singularly and they're often sold in pairs. So my Alpaca Man game is a two-player game. Well, there are two alpacas, and they hang out together, and they chase co-op. by people. Yes, local multiplayer co-op. Or it could be like that game Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons, where you play two characters at once, and you've got two analog sticks, and one controls each character. You could do that, or it could be like uh, Ico, and you could have to drag mm. the other alpaca around. Oh, God, no. Ico's a good game, but that was frustrating. Yes. Uh, I have not played the new one. Uh, oh, The Last Guardian. Yes, I have not played yeah. The Last Guardian. Yeah, apparently it's a similar deal. Yes, uh, but I w- I'm actually interested in playing that, but I'm waiting for mm. that to go on a monthly sale on the PS4 store. Yep. Uh, so that's going to be it for Full Informatic. Yay! Uh, yay! Do we have any releases of the week, apart from you not being able to get Yakuza 0 you know, a couple <laughs> of weeks ago? Oh, um, I don't know. Um, I'm turning into a grouchy old man gamer, and new games don't seem to have the... The sort of the attraction to me they used to, but I'm, you know, this site is kind of forcing me to get back into it in a weird way. I know Halo Wars Two comes out, but why would I play that when I can play a real RTS? Yeah, uh, no one else is coming out. There's that Four Honor game that everyone's talking about, which is kind of like um, was the people who did. Now remember we we're talking about the Deadliest Warrior fighting game. Yes, I think it was the people who did that. Which I still haven't found a copy of. Because it's on uh, Xbox or PS3, yeah. so I'm going to find a copy of that and play that on Friday Night Fights one week. Um, and I think Sniper Elite Four comes out as well. I've got the, the now the big thing about was it Sniper Elite Three was the one that like did the Mortal Kombat skeleton view of a yes. character. Yes, and you could shoot them in the testicles, and it would yes. display could, that. Yeah, you could do a dick shot, and so see hopefully it Sniper Elite Four continues the tradition of dick shots, more high quality dick shots. Hmm. Yeah, I played some Armour 3 this week, but I'm not really ready to talk about that yet, so we'll talk about that next week, depending okay. on how things go. Yeah, and we're ever inching closer to the Switch launch. Um, hmm. Like I said, I cancelled my pre-order, so I might end up with a Wii U, and we might put some 
Wii U games up on the site. Nothing mm. like being current with the generation of no. consoles that we are putting videos up about. No, I'm seeing how far back I can go. Oh, we, Look- um, this week. I, on, on Friday Night Fights, I went way back and played some X-Men versus Street Fighter. That was yeah. fun. Look forward to my video of uh, Hard Hack Mac for the Apple IIe. It came out in 1986, I think. <laughs> I'm going to play some Pong. Yeah, how far back could we go? Could we get Space War on the site? Sure, we could. We should we try it. and mm. wonder if anyone in Australia has got one. If you've got one or you know someone who's got one, let us know. If you have a PDP-11 mainframe in working order and a copy of Space War on tape, like not actual like magnetic tape but paper tape, then please get in contact with us. Someone's got to have one. Mm. All right. That's something that we can look into. That's going to be fun. We should do it. Yeah. We should com- completely how. do it. Funny right. enough, if you, if you do a search for space on Google, the two things that pop up are Space War and Space Jam. Both amazing things. You should go and try and play Space War and you should go and try and watch Space Jam. Yes. The Space Jam was an awesome movie. If not, um... Was Sean Kemp in Space Jam? No, it was Michael Jordan. Oh, okay, sorry. Apparently they were going to make a Space Jam 2 with... Uh, Sean Kemp. Le- no, LeBron James. Yeah, I heard about that. That would have been good. Would have been dumb. Ever, I've never seen the first one. No, oh, you're missing out. I'm going to buy you a copy. Okay. Someone's selling it out of his garage, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> probably on Laserdisc. <laughs> uh, all right, well, that's going to just about do it. This has been... The Semicast, the official podcast for Semi-Informatic. I, last week, in my wrap-up, got to give the email address, even though I said, make sure you email us, just as long as, you know, you would just have to guess the email address. Uh, so email us at semicast at semiinformatic.com. Thank you for listening on this Sunday, Monday day. Uh, we'll mm. see you next week. My, my name is David Shack, and I'm here with Anthony Murphy. And remember, we love that you love doing what you love. Bye. See ya.